Okay, welcome to the I Have Spoken podcast. This is the very first episode. Uh, we're very excited, and we hope you are as well. Um, so this episode is just going to cover some, uh, some things about us as Star Wars fans. I'm Wesley Hamilton, and this is my co-host, Zach Golden. And uh, yeah, let's start it. Let's do All it. Right. So we had a few topics that we wanted to go over just to kind of lay the groundwork for who we are as a fan, as, as, as fans of, of Star Wars. And, and uh, I think we wanted to start off with, uh, well, first of all, the Mando theme. Uh, what we want to try to do for every episode is, uh, is sing a Star Wars theme and try to get as far as we can without laughing. Obviously, we, we, we got... We covered some, some, we got pretty deep into it before. It's about uh, 40 seconds. Yeah, about 40 seconds. So <laughs> we'll see how well we do uh, in, uh, in future episodes. Uh, but uh, let's talk about favorite characters. You want to go first or me? Sure, yeah. So I, I actually have like a, a top 40 list of main characters. And this is something that like I've had to work on uh, over, you know, over a series of of months and uh, I've come down to a pretty solid list of characters but today I'm only going to go over my top five so number one number one favorite character of all time Obi-Wan Kenobi gotta go with my main man Kenobi uh, uh, number two Ahsoka Tano she's great she's awesome uh, Kylo Ren takes the uh, number three uh, he's easily the best part of the sequel trilogy um, uh, Darth Maul takes number four, and uh, I put Thrawn as as number five. I'm really looking forward to to seeing what's in store for him and in, in future Star Wars lore. So those are those are my top five favorite characters. Obi Wan takes the number one spot as as main character in my heart, but I do have to uh, sidetrack a little bit because there's just some characters that like. As a Star Wars fan, that you just you just love, and some some of those characters, like most people, are probably not going to be on board. They're not going to feel the same way as you do about these characters. Like some of these characters have just been with you for so long that you only like them because they've been with you for that long. And for me, a character I have liked since I was like eight years old was Kit Fisto. Like I've always had this obsession with Kit Fisto, reading the comics, the books. Uh, like Cestus Deception was one of my favorites as a kid, uh, and uh, he's he's great in the Clone Wars. The episode where he takes on General Grievous is one of my favorite episodes, and uh, it, and uh, and Wesley can tell you all about it. I've got an office, I got a little workspace where I have this this shelf with like tons of different kinds of Kit Fisto action figures, and and uh, he's just a little. Uh, a, a secret passion of mine. <laughs> you know, I love me some Fisto, man. I, I love love me some green tentacles. You know what I'm saying? So, but you know, Kenobi's 
Kenobi takes number one, but as far as like obscure Star Wars characters go, Kit Fisto's he's he's up there. He's definitely up there. So, uh, so our list are actually our top five at least is is uh, really similar. Mine number one is uh, Ahsoka Tano, and uh, the fir- the Clone Wars movie was one of the first movies that I watched that I can remember watching as a younger kid. I used to come home and watch it every day, even though it's terrible. Mm. I love it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know. I, I liked Ahsoka from the beginning. I know there was a lot of hate on her, but I didn't mind her. She wasn't my favorite back then, but it's cool kind of growing up with the character. And I never watched Clone Wars on Cartoon Network, but I binged it on Cartoon or on uh, Netflix as soon as it came on there. And I started to really like her, and she was moving up in the ranks. But she became my favorite character after I read the novel just titled Ahsoka by uh, E.K. Johnston. I think, I think that's the author. And it's about her and how she survived the purge after the Siege of Mandalore. And it's just, it's phenomenal. It's phenomenal. It's so good. And that's the book that made Ahsoka my number one favorite. Uh, and that was like two years ago. So she's been my favorite for two years. Um, and then second place is Kylo Ren. Uh, yeah, he's definitely the best part of the sequels, like Zach said. But one of the things that really that I really just kind of, I I love about him is, first of all, Adam Driver, and second of all, he, J.J. knew that he was never going to be as good as Vader. And the way that they worked that into his character, kind of like from an out-of-universe standpoint, but also an in-universe standpoint, it just works so well, in my opinion. And from The Force Awakens, when he's, you know, Krylo Ren and a little baby who throws temper tantrums, I I found him interesting, because... Even back then, you know, in 2015, when The Force Awakens had just come out, we hadn't seen a villain like him before. He was extremely vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And you just, you don't see that in Star Wars villains. They're all like your Vaders and your Mauls and your Palpatines, and they're just, they look like they're unbeatable. Mm-hmm. And this one, you could really see the weakness from the beginning. Yeah, what, For- what Force Awakens did that I, I really like to this day was it, it introduced this struggle that the Sith have where it's like, they're just as capable of feeling tempted towards the light side as a Jedi could be towards the dark side. Now, now you know, Sidious and, and Maul are probably a different story. Like, they, they were the characters that were very confident in where they were. They were the agents of chaos. That was who they were. But for Kylo, it was like he has too many people that he cares about that are on the other end of the spectrum, mm-hmm. you know? And so he has, like, this natural struggle with being evil uh, and uh, I've 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 always been fascinated with with those interesting uh, those risks that people take with characters that haven't really been done before. There were things about the Forest Awakens that I disagree with. There's a lot of things that I that I did enjoy, and Kylo Ren's whole arc throughout not just the Force Awakens but through the whole sequel trilogy as a whole, I just found very very well thought out and very interesting. So agreed. Um. Third for me is uh, Boba Fett. Uh, he's definitely a fan favorite. Um, but uh, my, my love for him started back when the Complete Saga came out and I played that on Wii. He was always my favorite character to play because he could fly like R2, but he also had the thermal detonators like, uh, I think it was Chewie? Maybe I'm wrong on that. That might be in the Lego Force Awakens game. But he had the detonators where he could blow up like the, the silver and gold structures. And mm-hmm. then on top of that, he had a really cool sounding gun. And uh, I don't know. He was a fun character for me to play. And so ever since then, he's been one of my favorite Star Wars characters. And then on top of that, like 
he's he's awesome in the comics. You know, he he just he destroys Legends everyone. and Canon. Legends and Canon. Yeah. Um and yeah, if you saw uh, last week's Mando episode, that should just reinforce my point even more. Um and then fourth I got Obi-Wan cuz you know, he is uh he is Jesus. Yeah, so well, you gotta you gotta put Jesus in your top five. Right? I mean, he's gotta be somewhere in there's there. There's gotta be priorities, you, right. know, you know. And then number five is uh, is Darth Maul. He's just he was not in my top five at all until I watched Clone Wars. Hmm. Because yeah. and whenever I think of Darth Maul, I don't. No offense to Ray Park, I love Ray Park, but the Maul that comes to mind is Sam, Sam Witwer's in yeah. the Clone Wars because. That's where the character really started to take shape, and you could see what his motivations were, and honestly, his motivations is what makes him different from every other character in Star Wars, and that he is not on anyone's side but his own, which is something that you really don't see through ep- throughout episodes one through six, because everything's so defined. Like, you know, you got the rules of the Jedi, and kind of... The, the Sith has their own rules too, like the rule of two and stuff like that. And, and Maul just doesn't follow any of them and does his own thing to seek revenge or, you know, power, whatever, whatever he's after at the time. And which, I just, which if, if you think about it, like that is the Sith way is doing everything for yourself, for your yeah. own, for your own goals. Right. And like, if you ask me, like Sidious is the greatest Sith in the galaxy, like without question. <clears throat> but as far as like, what a pure Sith looks like, I I kind of lean towards giving that title to Maul because there's nobody that follows that code closer than than Maul does. And you know what where you have Sidious who's kind of playing both sides of the chessboard, uh, you have Maul who just doesn't really care about how he's perceived or how people look at him. He's just embracing who he is and he's just running with it. And uh I, I just find him absolutely uh, fascinating. And, and yeah. just the, the whole concept of, like, building a character around the mythos of, of Sisyphus, you know, where you're pushing that boulder up, up the side of a mountain and it just ends up rolling back to the bottom and you start all over again. That's, that's the whole story of Maul is he's building up to these, these major points in his life. He's getting that power and then he loses it. We see that multiple times throughout the Clone Wars where he's starting to, like, you know, peak at you know where he's finally getting his vengeance against maul he's he, against kenobi he's uh you know he's he's uh, i mean he he claims the throne of of mandalore and he loses it all by the end of the of the, of the clone wars and uh and we see in solo that he starts to build this this syndicate this network of other uh uh underworld groups and then by the end of rebels he has like this i mean he's at this point he's just a hermit almost this reflection of Kenobi. Yeah. And uh, I I think he's just one of those pillars of Star Wars that'll always be like one of its its strongest points. Like he'll always be that character that is just unbreakable. And uh, he he'll forever be in my top 5. Yeah, he's really good. We got movies next, right? Yeah, let's talk about uh, how we rank the movies and shows. Uh, I'll go first. Uh, so I'm kind of weird in terms of like what takes the number one spot for me. Like if you were to ask me what my favorite movie of all time is, it's a new hope. Like, uh, the first star Wars movie 
was just that film that just kind of changed the way I perceived uh, movies as a whole. Like uh, back during the time that it came out, the historical context behind everything, Star Wars really changed the face of science fiction. Uh, and uh, it's and as a as a creative myself, I'm a I'm a videographer. I produce film for a church that I work at, uh, West Bradenton Baptist. And uh, I've always, I've, I'm always working on some kind of side project, whether it's some kind of short film or a fan film. Uh, if you if you go on YouTube and look up uh, Golden Guy Pictures, you can see all all kinds of stuff that I've, that I've put together. Um, but as a creative, like most of my work wouldn't be what it is today without A New Hope kind of laying that foundation in, in my in my mind, in my mind's eye. Um, and so if you were to ask me what my favorite movie is, then I would say A New Hope. But if you were to ask me what my favorite Star Wars movie is, it's Empire Strikes Back, which seems a little backwards. Like, it, But but uh, it's just it is it's just the best Star Wars movie. Like it, it is yeah. completely flawless in everything that it was gunning for. Uh, and, and what's so great about Empire Strikes Back is that it's it's everything that made a new hope successful times 10. Like it just dialed up in empire. And, uh, so that takes number one spot. Uh, a new hope would take number two. Uh, revenge of the Sith is, is number three. Uh, return of the Jedi, number four. Phantom Menace, I put at number five. A lot of people, a lot of people dog on the Phantom Menace, but I, I really, I really do enjoy the Phantom Menace. Um, I'll put, I think I'm going to put Rogue One as number six. Return of the Jedi is number seven. Solo is number eight. Uh, Rise of Skywalker is nine. Let me think, what else do we have left? Uh, Force Awakens, put it at the number ten. Or do I have my numbers right? Put it at the number nine spot. Uh, and then I'm going to have to put <laughs> Holiday Special before Last Jedi. Uh, <laughs> for, well, for reasons we can delve into later. Um... As far as the TV shows go, uh, I got I got to say, Clone Wars is top tier for me. Uh, Mandalorian does come pretty close though. That's a very close second. I think if I think if Mandalorian keeps going down the path that it's headed on, it'll easily take number one spot. But as of right now, Clone Wars is is uh, my favorite Star Wars show. Uh, so Mando uh, takes the number two slot. Uh, and then I'll put I'll put Rebels as number three and Resistance as number four. That's that's easy enough. Uh, and that covers everything, right? I forgot about Resistance to be honest with you. That's no, that's nowhere on my list. So. <laughs> well, that should tell you, folks, where where the Last Jedi and Resistance falls under. Yeah, poor so. guys. Not really. Oh man. <laughs> All right, uh, mine. Um, so Empire Strikes Back is is my number one as well. Uh, Revenge of the Sith. Takes number two. Uh, that was my favorite when I was a kid, just because it was so much action. And um, Obi Wan was actually my original number number one favorite character uh, until until Boba came along and swept him off his feet. Um, and then three, we got a new hope. And my my ranking actually has the shows mixed in with the movies, so it's like mm. the best Star Wars pieces of media, if you want to call it that, mm -hmm. like compared to one another. So. After a new hope is Mandalorian. I I know some of you guys out there, especially you know some of you younger guys, grew up with Clone Wars, and you know I did too. But after Ahsoka showed up in Mando, and then Boba Fett 
just being awesome in that last episode. I was kind of tussling with it, but those were the two episodes that really just put it over the edge for me, and it's my favorite Star Wars show. Um, and then after Mando, in number five, we got uh, Return of the Jedi. Um, Return of the Jedi is the only movie that will consistently make me cry every time I watch it. Mm. And that makes me sound like such a dork, but... Hey, man, hey. I, I don't care. And if you're here listening to this, you're a dork too. <laughs> so I don't want to hear it. Got him. <laughs> no, I, I, I completely understand how you feel. Attack of the Clones, every time every time Obi-Wan takes out that acolyte, I tear up every single time mm, without dude. fail. It's that moment and when Kit Fisto smiles. I mm. just... I just, I ball my eyes out every time. That's where that, that's where it all started, that it's, smile. That's where it all, that, that damn smile, yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, Luke versus Vader in episode six is, is easily my favorite lightsaber battle of all time. Um, and then in the number six spot, we have Clone Wars. Uh, just, just a phenomenal show. I think it would be higher if a lot of the, um, I'm probably going to get some hate for this. There's but a, a lot of filler episodes. Let's, there is. Let's just be real. Yeah, there's a lot of filler episodes, and one of them that like really kind of sticks out for me, and I and I love certain parts of it, but I really dislike other parts, and that's the Gregor arc. Like, mm. I love the 20 minutes of those three episodes or four episodes, three or four. There's three. There's three episodes, I believe. Yeah. So I love no, all no, the no, Gregor. No, there's four. There's four. There's four. Yeah. I love all the Gregor stuff, but I I could completely go without the little the little Colonel guy that's with the droids. I. I don't know. It's Colonel just, Mieber Gascon. That's his name. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what's funny is like that's George Lucas's favorite Clone Wars arc. Yeah, it's he, totally him. Yeah, and it's and it's totally like if if any of you guys have seen uh, THX eleven thirty eight, then then you could kind of understand why. Like you can kind of see into George's mind with that movie. Like the kind of the kind of stories that he's into. Very, they're very like. They're very political in a very subtle way. That's really it's, it's hard to describe, but like if you if if you're aware of like how George as a creator operates, he likes to touch on politics, but in ways that like most people aren't actually going to catch up on unless you do the research. And that whole droid arc is very similar to THX 1138 and 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 obviously, I think I think Gregor's the best part of that whole arc, and I love seeing sure. him later in Rebels. I would love to, I would love to get like a backstory on what happens to Gregor between uh, that episode that he shows up in and what happens to him leading up to Rebels. Like, why does he go insane? Why is he all cuckoo in Rebels? You know, and uh, but I I honestly enjoy those episodes, but I do agree. Like, there's there's a lot of moments throughout that arc that just kind of drag on, where it's like, all right, we we, we get it. You're battle droids, and and uh, you're a tiny frog dude. We get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> we all we all have a we all have another tiny frog dude that we like a whole lot more. So <laughs> you're, I don't know what and you're his trying. His name to... is Grogu. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. So there, I I do agree with with you know Clone Wars having a lot of filler episodes but i do i do think that what the clone wars does that i don't think any any other star wars project will ever do is will really dive into every corner of the galaxy throughout that era like the clone wars you realize through the clone wars that it literally affects everybody whether you're good or bad 
or if you're just a citizen, like Mace would call you, mm. or if you're just, a, or even if you're like a droid or a tiny frog guy who, <laughs> who thinks he has a chance at being an awesome character, you know? <laughs> <laughs> like everybody's affected in some way. And I remember when I, before watching Rise of Skywalker in theaters opening night, I, 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 I binged through all, all things Star Wars. And I just remember by the time I finished Revenge of the Sith, I was exhausted because like, man, the Clone Wars was rough on everybody. Like, I mm-hmm. totally understand why Anakin would fall to the dark side because the Clone Wars perfectly uh, 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 displays who Anakin is as a character, why he is the way that he is, and why he falls to the dark side uh, so quickly in Revenge of the Sith. Like, a lot of people complain, like, like as soon as, as Palpatine explains the tragedy of Darth Plagueis, like, at that point, like, Anakin's just all in Darth Vader. Like, just well, like I think I think you're underestimating the power of the tragedy oh, oh man that what a story man we won't we can't get into that because we'll, we'll go to dark places but but, but uh like it, watching the clone wars like you completely understand why why anakin goes down that path uh as opposed to like just watching the movies because that's what a lot of people complain about like oh he just he fell to the dark side way too fast mm-hmm. but if you watch the clone wars like no like mm-hmm. he i would argue that he was he was plummeting into the dark side long before Revenge of the Sith. And uh, and I just think that as far as like big picture wise, what the Clone Wars does for the saga, it it's top tier for me. Well isn't uh isn't Anakin's first kill like he lights a guy on fire or something? In the in one of the comics? Yeah, like his very first kill that he ever has is is uh I believe it's the Anakin and Obi Wan uh, comic book volume that came out uh, after Force Awakens, yeah, and he so. he ironically ironic hmm. he uh, he light he lights a dude on fire, and that's the very first life he ever takes, and uh, I found I thought that was that was a pretty good nod. Po it's it's poetry. Hmm. It rhymes. Yes. <laughs> God, <laughs> do that so that's, well. That's that's my uh, George Lu- Lucas laugh for all for all you people. Do it again. Do it again. <laughs> oh my god okay um yeah Clone did, I, Wars. did i let you get through your list i don't think i did no nah, that's okay uh and then after clone wars and what is this one two three four five six seven seventh place is uh rogue one just solid star wars movie mm-hmm. like i don't argue with people when they say that Rogue One is their favorite Star Wars movie over something in the the prequels or the original trilogy, because yeah. it's just it's solid and I enjoy it. To me, Rogue One is like the most Star Wars feeling movie that Disney has come out with. Oh, for sure. Like it just it just felt like. Well, when you compare it, it to, belonged to Star Wars, what yeah, they've come out with. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, after Rogue One, we got Star Wars Rebels, which I'm actually. I'm doing a rewatch right now because it's only my third time seeing it, and I have been pleasantly surprised, like, I guess again, because it's my third time, on how good the show is, because I remember watching it the first time, and I didn't want to make the same mistake that I did with Clone Wars, and that was not watching the episodes live on the channel, so I would, I would... Uh, make sure I was in front of the TV at whatever time they came on, I don't remember, on Disney XD, and I wanted to watch it. And uh, so that's what I did. And I remember being, thinking that season one and two were a little bit on the slow side until uh, the Malachor arc with Ahsoka versus Vader. And 
Yeah, at that point, we were, like, watching a whole different show. Right, yeah. yeah. But my opinions changed on this last this last rewatch, and seasons one and two are a lot more are a lot better than I remember them being. Mm-hmm. And I don't really know why, but I just remember being a lot more, I guess, drawn in and not just distracted by the by the kitty jokes or whatever. I mean, there's, of course, there's a few of that, or a few of those kind of things in the show, but I don't know. Seasons one and two are really solid, and then, of course, three and four are, are Star Wars at its best. Um, you know, you get to see Ezra meet Maul, and... They're just fun. Like, Rebels yeah, is, it's, is so fun to watch. And and not just, like, watching the characters develop, but just visually. Like, mm-hmm. it's a beautiful show. Mm-hmm. I would argue that it's more beautiful than Clone Wars. If you yeah. if you go on there and just look up... I saw this one video on Reddit, I think, and it was called The Beauty of Rebels or something like that. And it was just, like, all these slow, you know, wide shots of just, like, the really turquoise and blue, like, space nebulas or whatever, and then, like, really pretty explosions, and it's the just, like... The colors in that show is definitely... Like, it's be- it's definitely better than Clone Wars, because I think with Clone Wars, they're kind of going for the dark and gray. Yeah, 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 yeah. War you can tell in the animation, it kind of looks like it's painted on, yeah, which is cool. Yeah, um, But it's just... Colors just pop right off the screen in Rebels, and it's, it's a fun show to watch. Uh, and then after Rebels, I got Phantom Menace. Um... I like Qui-Gon a lot, especially after reading the uh, the Master and Apprentice novel. I don't remember who wrote that, but um, he really moved up in my ranks after I read that book, and I highly recommend it. It's, it's really, really great. Um, and then after Phantom Menace, it's Attack of the Clones. Uh, the only thing that, that brings it lower than Phantom Menace has got to be the accolade dying. I just I can't yeah. handle it. I, you know? I, I, I... It's it's heartbreaking when you see when you see really characters is. that were developed so well uh, compared to others in the sequel trilogy. Like it just it's so hurtful to watch these well developed characters die after it's like they had so much arc left within them. Hashtag you know, bring the accolade back. Hashtag bring Col- give Coleman Trevor a, <laughs> a trilogy. <laughs> Let's see it. Every dollar I own will go towards the Coleman <laughs> we'll Trevor go, trilogy. Oh, man. Give me that Coleman Trevor movie. Oh, right my God. Oh, Coleman wow. Trevor writing an accolade. Oh, my God. I think I just nutted. <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> Good thing we're past November. That, that, <laughs> that would have been, that that was been too close. <laughs> more of a tragedy than the death of an accolade. <laughs> uh, and then I'm sure y'all can guess what's coming. We only got four movies left, and that's uh, Rise of Skywalker. It's a, It's an okay Star Wars movie, there is a lot of plot mm-hmm. holes, and mm-hmm. what really brings it down for me is how short it is. I think mm-hmm. that The Last Jedi caused too much damage for it to all be explained in a two-hour and 35-minute movie, and it just doesn't just doesn't cut it for me. You know, there, there should... I, I don't want to get into a sequel rant, but there is no reason why Palpatine's return is explored further in a novel than the movie that he returns in. Mm, yeah. That... People people should not walk out of the theater confused. Right. That makes no sense. Um, but, you know, Kylo was in it. He actually beat Rey. Yeah. Imagine hey. that. <laughs> Imagine that. So I was I was happy with that in that I do think that that lightsaber battle is is a pretty, pretty cool solid. one. It's yeah. pretty solid. I like, uh, I like the water and all that stuff. And I saw someone, like, contrasting it to... Uh, like, it's polar opposites of how Kylo and Rey are fighting on a water planet and Obi-Wan and Anakin are fighting on a lava planet and they're in the, the final installments of each trilogy. I thought that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But yeah, it's okay. It's a it's a good one. Good action. I I do think it's C-3PO's best movie. I do really enjoy that one from C-3PO's yeah, standpoint. It's a pretty solid movie for the for the droids at least. Uh, and I and I put mine at I think I think mine was a little higher than yours. And it, and it was only because I I have such a respect for for JJ Abrams because like the amount of pressure that he had to to recover from the previous movie was I mean he he had he had a lot on his plate and that movie could have been a whole lot worse than what it was but I think he I think this this last installment he really he really listened to the fans because there were a lot of prequel stuff that was that was referenced in that movie, and and if if you know JJ well enough, you know he's not that big of a of a prequel guy. No, he's not. But you could see the effort that he had in trying to listen to the fans in this last episode. I loved I loved the end sequence where we got to to hear all the Jedi uh, and uh, and you know helping Ray. That like that almost made me believe that Ray could have beaten Palpatine because it really wasn't her at the time. It was. It was every Jedi embodying her and, and helping her to, to push through that. There's a lot of theological uh, symbolisms in that. Um, and so I, I do have respect for, for, for some of those moments in there. And like I said, Kylo Ren is the best part of the sequel trilogy. I, most of my love for Rise of Skywalker is because of Kylo Ren. Like the scene where Ben Solo... Is redeemed and he talks to Han Solo. That, that, is, that is a great scene. That is a scene that makes me cry every time I watch it. I yeah. get, I get, I truly do get emotional every time I watch it. And so there are some fantastic, very Star Wars moments. Yeah. In Rise of Skywalker, and that's why it's, it's a little bit higher. There are definitely issues with that movie. There are like, there are so many plot holes in that movie. It's, it's, it like you would think that a stormtrooper is firing into the side of a of a of a Jawa of a, what's that what are those things barrages <laughs> what are you talking the, about <laughs> okay the the scene where the the we're talking about sand people they walk in single file ah. and the, the 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 giant barrage that the the Jawas all right aboard on ah yeah the, the anyway, genocide i'm i'm sidetracking anyway the <laughs> point is there's a ton of plot holes in Rise of Skywalker <laughs> and <laughs> But I do think there are a lot of great Star Wars moments in that movie. So I think it gets a little underappreciated at times. People hang on it just a little too much. I don't like it when people compare it to The Last Jedi. But the plot holes do annoy me. Um, and then we got Force Awakens next. I don't know. It's, it's low on my list. Uh, just because it's... I would have liked to have seen something other than a soft reboot of A New Hope. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just... it's. It's, it was too easy. If I wanted to watch A New Hope, I'd watch A New Hope. That's how I feel about it. Mm-hmm. Like, I will never... I will sit down and watch The Last Jedi before I sit down and watch The Force Awakens, even though I think The Force Awakens is a better movie, because even though The Last Jedi sucks, it still went out of its way to do something different, which makes it more interesting to watch, in my opinion. Um, and then I have the holiday special uh, right below The Force Awakens. It's close. It's close. Um... <laughs> I really love that one, despite everything that it is. Um, it is horrifying in a lot of ways. 
Yeah, like it, like the, it honestly, the Wookiee porn and the yeah the the, the chef lady, lady chef, yeah, yeah she was she's kind of weird whip whip stuff uh, just bleh. sometimes I think about it and can't sleep for hours but it's uh I don't know I have a lot of fun watching it probably just because it's so terrible um, but I eventually want some some holiday special merch if that even exists I have no idea but uh, yeah. The best part of that thing by far is the is the the cartoon segment with Boba right. Fett. Right. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, that's yeah. the first time we meet Boba on screen, and uh, I actually think that's really good. The shame is it's only it's only uh, six minutes long. Yeah. So <laughs> there's that. But I do actually really enjoy that that little animation. It makes no sense because why are there adventures about Luke Han and, and Leia and Chewie and and the rest of the gang when they're Star Wars is already about adventures with Luke, Han, Leia, and Chewie and the gang. I don't know. That that doesn't make any sense to me. But I do enjoy it. I like the art style for it. It's kind of like that old... kind of gives me He-Man vibes or something. I don't know. It reminds me of something. But I do yeah. I do like it. Um, and then, dead last, we got The Last Jedi. Should we talk about The Last Jedi? Nah, we'll save that for some other time. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm having a good day. Let's... let's yeah. <laughs> Let's keep our streak going. <laughs> um, okay, so so kind of kind of a uh, kind of on the same track is uh, where we rank the trilogies, uh, and I, I I think we're both on the same page. Probably original trilogy is yep. top tier, best yep. Star Wars. It laid the groundwork. Uh, it's it's just the best, best stories, best everything. Uh, Prequel trilogy is a is a close second. Yep. Uh, and 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 it's a really close second for me because it is the purest of George Lucas's work that you'll ever see. Uh, because you know he didn't he he only directed a New Hope out of the out of the first trilogy. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were others who stepped in for Empire and Return. Irvin Kershner and uh, for the life of me, I can't remember the last Richard one. Richard 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 Marquand or Marquard or something. There we like go. That. Yeah, Richard Marquard. Yeah. Uh, but but yeah, you can't get more George Lucas than the prequel trilogy, and 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 the and that trilogy as a whole was like so innovative as far as film goes, because you wouldn't have green screen, you wouldn't have CGI without the prequels. You know? Yeah, like you they, wouldn't have characters like Groot and Rocket Raccoon without Jar Jar. Right. Yeah, like yeah. it blows my mind that Jar Jar is the first like CGI. You know real character. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's honestly kind of funny when you think about it, but... Excuse me! <laughs> <laughs> so, so prequel trilogy is a, is a close second, uh, and uh, and sequel trilogy is, is there for... Uh, Obvious reasons. Uh, for, uh, Obvious reasons, yes. Like I said, there's there's great things about the sequel trilogy. It's But at the end of the day, it's that one, it's that one cousin in your family that you just... Don't really like you. Yeah. Know, you you love unless them. unless you're a redneck. Not hating on you rednecks. <laughs> All you Alabama fans out there, <laughs> listen. Like there's like you know we we love all Star Wars. Like let's just make that clear. Everything Star Wars we we love and we're passionate for. But like I said, there's always that one cousin the that cousin, you just yeah. don't like. You love him, but that doesn't necessarily you love him mean because he's a part of the family. Yes, but you don't have to like him. Right, and that's kind of how I view the 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 sequel trilogy is is I love them, I'm there for them. I like it. Like I'm not going to to bash on any sequel fans because if that's something that they enjoy and that's something that 
that inspires them the way I was inspired by the original trilogy, then, hey, you're a Star Wars fan, and I'd, I'd love to, to get to know you, get to hang out with you. Um, that's what we're all about. Mm-hmm. Positive vibes, positive vibes. Yep. But if you, last, if you like The Last Jedi, you're going to hell. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> Not <like> really. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like like I said, like there's things about it, about it we love, but there's a lot of things in it that we don't agree with, and uh, and I think there we got a lot more questions out of the sequel tri- trilogy than we got answers. Yep. Uh, but regardless, they were entertaining. We enjoyed them while we could. It was great being able to go to the theaters and see the the opening crawls and oh, for and, sure, yeah. Force Awakens was my first time seeing a Star Wars movie in theaters. Same for me. So it was they 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 have a special place in my heart for that reason. Um, yep. But it takes third place regardless. Yeah. So. Yep. Uh, okay, so. Now you kind of you kind of had a good transition there. We're going to talk about uh, favorite Star Wars memory. Mm. I got to think about this one. I didn't. I should have should have thought of this before uh, coming on the show. Honestly, I have I have two. I think that I can't really uh, can't really choose between. Actually, three. I changed my mind. Three. I have three. Uh, so number one probably is watching Star Wars for the very first time. I remember it like it was yesterday. I think I was about seven years old or something like that. And one day, me and my dad were just sitting around on a lazy Saturday, and uh, we had Star Wars movies, the original trilogy. Those were the only ones that we owned at the time. And they were just sitting in the cabinet, and I was looking for something to do. And so I picked out those movies, and he said, oh, yeah, those are good ones. We'll watch them. And Little did he know. Yeah. <laughs> the, the monster he unleashed that day. <laughs> the acclay within, within the young Wesley Hamilton was about to be... The mastery <laughs> of Coleman Trevor. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. And I watched A New Hope and loved it. And then we put Empire in and loved it even more. And then we watched Return of the Jedi. And we went through the whole OT in, in one day. And that's where it all began. And... Uh, I don't know. I, I like looking back on that and just kind of seeing how far I've come in my knowledge. And I don't think I've ever heard that story in full. That's that's really cool. Really? Yeah. 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 It was a good day. See, for me, it was. Uh, I I have two solid memories. Nah, hang on, hang on. Let me get my other. Oh, ones oh yeah, you yeah. Are, you have two more. I'm nah, sorry. Nice I'm sorry. try. Buddy. Hey, I'm just representing all the fans that thought like, oh, Star Wars one is just gonna be the only one out there. But, oh, there's two more. <laughs> Empire and Return. <laughs> two more movies. <laughs> Two more memories. Um, and my other one is completing Lego Star Wars The Complete Saga with my dad. That was the mm. first game I've ever 100% completed in my life. And uh, it was just cool seeing that 100% on there. And, you know, we worked we worked for it, but we got it. And then my third is meeting a Star Wars celebrity, which I've only met one. And hopefully the list gets longer as my... As I get older, but uh, and that was Ashley Eckstein, and uh, that's the voice of Ahsoka, Ahsoka Tano. Tano. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and so getting to meet your favorite character completely by luck, because I was just in the Orlando Mall at one time with a couple of friends. We were on a trip, and um, I walk into the Disney store to see if they got any cool Star Wars merch, and the uh, one of the workers in there is like, "Hey, are you aware that we have a celebrity in our store today?" And I said. I'm not. Who is it? And he said, it's Ashley Eckstein. And I said, who's that? 
And <laughs> <laughs> Little did he know, the accolade within him would rise again, <laughs> back with a vengeance. <laughs> and uh, he didn't. He wasn't a Star Wars fan, or at least a Clone Wars fan, because he he didn't pronounce Ahsoka's name right at all. Oh, was it a Shaka? Something weird like that. Shaka Tano. Suku, or whatever your dad said the other day. I don't know. <laughs> but. Uh, and I was like, oh, Ahsoka Tano. And so I got in line, and I and I got to take a picture of her with her. And not of her. That's kind of creepy. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, it was awesome. And I asked her to, like, say a couple lines. And, you know, of course, she did the the best Rebels line, in my opinion, which is, uh, I'm no Jedi. And then she, like, knights her silver sabers. And it's, oh, it's glorious. But, mm. yeah, those are my top three favorite Star Wars memories of all time. Well, okay, yeah, I was, I was trying to think. You already went through all three of them. Yeah. Yeah, the Lego one is... That's why I said top two. Yeah, Lego one's cool. I like that one. Mm-hmm. So I have two. One of them is a little vague because it was such a long time ago. But I do remember when I first watched Star Wars, uh, I was like... I must have been like five, five or six. And my first movie was uh, actually The Phantom, uh, the Phantom Menace. And, uh, and we rented it from the library... And I think my mom had gotten it for me at the time because uh, we were kind of running out of stuff to, like, we watched, we, me and my brother, we watched movies all the time. And we were kind of running out of things, but we were getting tired of Barney, you know? <laughs> you watch, <laughs> when you get to the point where you watch too much Barney, it's just like, oh, man, what, what's, what's left, you know? And when we all go you to, see is the color purple everywhere you look. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and so my mom, we, we go to the library, my mom picks out The Phantom Menace. And uh, I, I watched that movie just about every day that we had that thing rented and we took it back and we just rented it again. And I, I think I re-rented that movie from the library like three or four times. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I watched it like every day. Yeah. The, 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 uh, the duel there at the end with Qui-Gon, Kenobi and Maul, uh, the, the pod racing, uh, sequence, those two, those those two scenes are like embedded in my brain because like that's those were the things that fascinated me the most. And I think the second movie that I saw after that, yeah, oh, actually, great segue into my second memory was was watching A New Hope for the first time because I can remember like the way I watched the movies was not in order at all. Like I think I watched it like Phantom Menace, A New Hope, the Clone Wars movie. Uh, Empire Return, Attack of the Clones, and then I didn't see Revenge of the Sith till I was thirteen. I wasn't allowed to watch it till I was thirteen years old. Uh, so the way the way my movies, the way I watched the movies, were very wonky. Uh, but I remember watching A New Hope and just being like, "What the heck is the Clone Wars? Like, what, <laughs> like what what the crap is that?" And I think that's why I oh, yeah, I watched the, the Clone Wars yeah. movie first. Was because like I saw the title of that movie like Star Wars the Clone Wars like oh, that's what that is and so I watched <laughs> it and oh man I was disappointed no I'm <laughs> uh, no I think I was like I was like six or seven so I I loved it uh, but now I kind of have to talk about my Revenge of the Sith experience because I can actually remember that play by play uh, I wasn't allowed to watch Revenge of the Sith for you know the, the it gets pretty violent there towards the end. So I wasn't allowed to watch it. Uh, and so when I turned 13, me, my brother, and my dad, we sat down and we, and we watched the movie. And as soon as I saw my boy Kit, they're on screen again. <laughs> I went absolutely nuts. 
I was like, man, I thought we were done with Kit Fisto, that we weren't going to see him again, so I got super excited. And uh, and then seeing him die was one of the most traumatic moments of my entire life. I mm. still have PTSD. Um, not really, but kind of. Uh, and, <laughs> and to be honest, like when uh, <clears throat> when when uh, Anakin kind of burst into flames, I, I covered my eyes. I couldn't. I couldn't watch it. Like I covered my eyes, and I didn't. I didn't actually like force myself to watch that scene till like a year later. Mm. But, but it, yeah. I, I think it's really cool when you can look back and you can, like, go back to that moment, and almost watch that memory in your head as you're watching that Star Wars movie. That's that's yeah. what Revenge of the Sith is for me. I can't remember watching, watching the Phantom Menace all the way through. But there are moments like the pod racing scene, the duel. That I will always like. That's just embedded in my head, and then the moment in A New Hope where he mentions the Clone Wars, like that moment is in my head like forever because I was so like in wonder of like what the heck is that, you know? <clears throat> but uh, those are my three memories. I had three after all. You know. Mm, wow. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, favorite merchandise. Oh, okay, this is a tough one because, you know, there's, like, different classes of Star Wars fan, and uh, I think I fall mostly into the collector one. Um, I don't know. I think I think my favorite comes down to, to my vintage figure collection from uh, way back when in, you know, the 70s and 80s, those, those original Star Wars action figures. Uh, I just got really lucky, and... One of my best friend's moms, uh, we were helping her move, and she was a Star Wars fan when she was younger and bought all the toys and stuff like that. And we were helping her clean up the garage or any, and stuff like that. And they had that old uh, Return of the Jedi C-3PO action figure case that you could like put your figures in to travel with and stuff like that. Mm. And I knew exactly what that was because I'd seen it online and, and things like that because I was looking for those vintage figures to buy off of people. And... Uh, at the time, I only had three. I had a, a really torn-up Boba Fett, which I still have, and is one of my favorite figures in my collection. And then um, I had a Stormtrooper from A New Hope and an X-Wing Luke, also from A New Hope. Uh, anyways, so I was talking to to my friend's mom about it, and she was like, you know what? He'll take care of these and, and love them more than I will. And so she just gave them to me for free. Little did she know that the acolyte within West uh, would return. It us. erupted. It was like a... <laughs> noise or whatever it sounds like i don't know it was close enough but uh i started crying i could not believe it because i was there i was there actually he yeah did, he did cry i can confirm that he did cry a tear dropped from my eye and i i gave her the biggest hug i'd ever given anyone and uh anyway so the next day we started we decided on starting a podcast so this is very <laughs> fresh you know yes yeah yep uh it was about a month ago i think yeah but that's yeah. probably my favorite thing in my collection, and then I'm a, I'm a big-time Black Series collector. I've been collecting those for a couple years now, and uh, those guys probably come come second. Do you have a favorite vintage figure and a favorite Black Series figure? My favorite vintage figure is definitely the Boba Fett from 78, and then... No, let's clarify. This is not the rocket-launching Boba Fett yeah, figure. no. Two hour sadness. <laughs> yes. You know, yeah. one day, one day, one day, it'll happen. I'm well, sure. if I had that, I wouldn't be telling you guys because 
you find a way to figure out where I live or something and uh, kill yeah. me in my sleep like an accolade. But, uh, yeah, so not happening. <laughs> but, um, yeah, the Boba Fett is definitely my favorite of the vintage collection and definitely, it, it well, maybe not definitely, it could possibly be my favorite action figure I own. Mm. Um, and then my favorite Black Series figure is one of the newer ones, actually, because the newer figures have really stepped up their game and that's the the best guard Mandalorian. Uh, he's, a he's, solid just, he's just so good. Like he, no matter what pose he's in, he just looks amazing. Mm-hmm. My only gripe with it is, is he comes with a jetpack, but you can't have him wear the cape and the jetpack at the same time because the cape is plastic, which is really annoying. But it's just such a good figure that it still just takes number one for me. So, so Black Series, if you're listening, you did good, but not good enough. Not not good enough. I opened that thing. Fix your cape situation. For real. Get us a bigger General Grievous also. Put, hey, all the uh, the capes that you put on that Vader figure when when 40th anniversary for A New Hope was coming out, that is the best action figure cape I've ever seen in my life. If you can take that method and put it on all your other figures with all your... And you know what else? Start putting. <laughs> we're, we're about to rant to you, Black. Take a take a mo- take a break, fans, because we're about to we're about to about to talk to Black Series for a good couple of minutes. I love Black Series, and I love your Jedi characters, but start putting Jedi robes with all your Jedi. Amen. The only ones that don't that have them actually is Plo Koon and Mace Windu. Mm. I think that's it. Kit Fisto, Obi, like. Oh, Phantom Menace Obi-Wan literally wears the brown robe the entire movie besides the final <laughs> battle with Maul. <laughs> yeah. And he didn't come with a robe. I think I think the brown robes became famous because of the Phantom Menace. Like, Probably. When I think of Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan in the Phantom Menace, I immediately see brown robes. Because the only character that, that wore them in the OT was Obi-Wan, and then the ghost at the end mm-hmm. of Return of the Jedi. Yeah. So, like, they were not a staple of a of being a Jedi yet, or the Jedi outerwear, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. And I, especially, maybe not with, like, your your prequel Jedi, but especially, or with your OT Jedi, but especially with your prequel Jedi, because all the prequel Jedi wear their robes all the time, unless they're fighting. That's honestly probably my, my biggest complaint with the Black Series. But I love you guys. I love you. I love you like an athlete. All right, fans, you can come back from the break, or we're done ranting. <laughs> uh, okay, so... So I, I like what you said earlier about how like there's different kinds of groups of Star Wars fans. Like some people are collectors where they just buy everything Star Wars. Like like you know I, maybe one day we'll have like a, a YouTube live stream and you can you can see Wesley Hamilton's bedroom because there's there's nothing in this room that isn't Star Wars. Actually, there's one thing in this room that isn't Star Wars. Yeah, it's a John Wick action figure because John Wick's. <laughs> freaking rad yeah he's he's pretty awesome uh but but it's it's pretty awesome i love coming in here and just just kind of just kind of looking you know and if you don't believe him about everything in here being star wars uh you can go ahead and check my underwear drawer because i got star wars undies too and i'm proud of it Mm. Mm. i won't be looking in there but but i uh Fake fan. I'll keep my distance. Fake yeah. fan. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, I don't know. I, I don't want to see where the accolade's been, you know? Oh, yeah. He's, he's been all up in there. <laughs> all right. We're getting weird. So, <laughs> borderline holiday special weird. All right. So, so uh, for me, though, like, I, I am not by any means a collector 
like if you go into my room, you'll see you'll see like posters and and like action figures of all different kinds of franchises. Uh, my office space has more Star Wars than my bedroom does. Uh, but like at, I, I, I would consider myself much more of like a, uh, a, a story lover of Star Wars. Like I, I will talk about the art form, uh, the, the character structure, like the character studies, uh, the way the narratives are built. I can sit and talk about that stuff all day. That's kind of where my, my passion goes to uh, in terms of like where I am as a Star Wars fan. Uh, but as far as merch is concerned, I would have to say there's, there's two that are up there and Wesley actually bought one of them for me. Uh, one of them is the, is a Kit Fisto black series figure. Uh, I love me some Fisto as, as I'm sure you figured out by now. And so having, having that black series figure means a lot and it's, 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 it was a great gift. Great gift, man. Mm. Good, good stuff. <laughs> and, uh. I think I think ultimately what takes number one spot though is is my Qui-Gon Jinn Ultra Saber. Oh yeah, I love that thing. Unfortunately, like I've used it so much that the the the, the wiring in it's gotten pretty frayed to the point I can't even turn it on. But uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep that thing for the rest of my life because it's just it's, it's my first Ultra Saber, and uh, and uh, it was a, it was a green bladed Qui-Gon hilt with an obsidian soundboard, and. Uh, I love it. It's yeah. it's it's pretty sweet. Uh, so that's probably my <clears throat> probably my favorite piece of Star Wars merch. And then the Kit Fisto figure is a very close second. Very close second. Yeah. So this conversation go, could go on for a really long time, or we could just end up repeating what we talked about before. But we're going to talk about where we stand with Disney Star Wars. Because I do think that's an important thing to talk about. If we're gonna, if we're gonna, if we're gonna have a Star Wars podcast, people need to be aware of like how we feel about Legends, Canon, George Lucas's Star Wars, and Disney's Star Wars. Yeah. Uh, I'll go ahead and go first. I think, and and my opinion has actually kind of changed over the last year or so. Uh, I, but I am by, by all means, a, a Legends fan. I love Legends. That's prop that, that is the, that is probably the one type of lore that I know the most about. Um, the Wikipedia is, is about as close to my heart as, as the Bible. So, you know, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm a, I'm a big Legends fan. Uh, but I do think there are a lot of contradictions in Legends, as far as the chronological history goes, I do think there's a lot of weird things about Legends that don't really need to be there, uh, like Booba Fett, like <laughs> Booba Fett and and Luke Skywalker spelled with two U's. Right, you okay, know. I, know, I know what you're talking about now. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, yeah. And uh, and the fact that there's like hundreds of Jedi that survived Order sixty six, even past Return of the Jedi, just a few things that just kind of kind of uh, left me scratching my head. But there are some great things about Legends that I feel like were just major tragedies that are like no longer canon. Uh, but what? But with uh, Mandalorian and Dave Filoni, what I love about Dave Filoni is that he has such a respect for Legends that he builds his lore around Legends. Like we're we're seeing uh, Jango Fett's Legends backstory uh, being uh, recanonized, Thrawn returning to canon. 
Uh, Jastrom Real just got a name drop mm-hmm. in uh, in the last episode of the Mando. Boba Fett's little uh, gauntlet thing. Yeah, and uh, and just little things like that. So I have a lot of respect for what Dave Filoni is doing with Disney Star Wars. Uh, but with that said, as a as a big Legends fan, as a big George Lucas fan, uh, those things will always be like top tier for me. But I will say, as far as video games are concerned, as far as comic books are concerned as far as books and action figures uh are concerned i think that disney star wars is doing a fantastic job uh i i am not a gamer by any means wesley can can tell you as much but but jedi fallen order is fantastic and i took the time to like watch all the cutscenes, and it is a phenomenal story yeah. i i love fallen order battlefront is a lot of fun uh, uh both games are a lot of fun uh, and uh, uh, the comic books, I'm a big comic book fan, and their comic books are fantastic. So far, there hasn't, there's been one storyline for life of me, I can't remember it, I can't remember the title, maybe you can help me, but it's the comic book about Yoda, where he kind of goes it's, onto that planet where it's that's like... That's just, uh, it's just one of the, it's in the main line of Star Wars comics that came yeah. out in 2015, along with the, like the, the Skywalker Strikes line that was Mm -hmm. the name of the first issue Mm -hmm. and it's in that line of just mainstream star wars comics yeah but it was like yoda goes to this planet where it's very lord of the lord of the flies like all these kids running around with kyber crystal spears it's weird and i don't know it's just it's just really bizarre yeah i don't Um, like that one very much so i wasn't a huge fan of that comic book but other than that like everything that that they've been putting out that that marvel and disney has been putting out as far as the the star wars comics are concerned they've been they've been fantastic the kylo ren uh origins origin comic book uh series that that went on for it was like what four or five issues four issues yeah four it was fantastic really good i loved it it's my favorite disney star wars comic line or comic comic miniseries okay miniseries um as far as comic line is concerned i i I think vader is probably my favorite where it like goes right after revenge of the sith and we see him hunting down different jedi like kira kenfala jacasta new her story... That's one of my favorite her, issues. Her canonized story is so much better than her Legend story. Like, in Legends, she just she dies right off the bat mm-hmm. in Operation Nightfall. But in, in canon now, she's a freaking badass. Like, she gets she whips out this kyber shotgun thing that shoots lightsaber blazes. Laser. I mean, like... It's be, awesome. Be my grandma, you know? <laughs> <laughs> like, I want her to be my grandma. But uh, yeah, that, that, that whole comic line was, was fantastic. Uh, now, as far as the movies are concerned, they were very hit and miss, in my opinion. Um, Solo is... I, I loved Solo. I will advocate for Solo all day. Uh, I, I, th- I, th- I still think that if Ron Howard was the director from beginning to end, it would have been a hundred times better. But regardless, I love that movie. Uh, I loved seeing Maul at the end. Uh, I think all the nine Reich did a did a great job, and I think Childish Gambino did a phenomenal job as Lando. Um, and then Rogue One is we talked about it earlier. I think it's the best Star Wars movie that Disney has come out with. It felt the most like Star Wars. The the starship sequence at the end with uh, all of the uh, old uh, A New Hope footage where we got to see the old pilots. Uh, Darth Squadron, yeah, yeah, and Darth Vader at the end. I mean, come on, and then and seeing that, seeing how far we've come technology-wise, where we could see uh, uh, Tarkin 
Uh, oh my gosh, what's what's his name? What's Peter his name? Cushing. Peter Cushing. I mean, seeing him on screen again, mm-hmm. like I I loved that that homage to him and 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 his and his family and the legacy they've left behind. I loved that we got to be able to pair respects in that way. Uh, the Leia, <laughs> the young Leia, was a little jarring, but. It was cool. It was cool. I, I enjoyed it. I mean, yeah, it's, cool. it's, it's a little strange. Her eyes look weird to me. It's the eyes that, yeah. that throws it off. But, uh, you know, it, it was cool. I'd rather her be in the movie and look like that than her not being in it at all. So, yeah, I thought that was cool. Um, when it comes to my stance on Disney Star Wars, we're pretty much the same. I am nowhere near as close as knowing as much Legends material as uh, Zach is. But I do enjoy it whenever I read it, as, as long as I can keep up with it. Um my favorite thing to come out of Disney Star Wars is Jedi Fallen Order. Over the Mandalorian, over Clone Wars Season 7. I love the Siege of Mandalore, but especially being a big Ahsoka fan. But Jedi Fallen Order, if we, if we had gone one more ranking on my character list, you would have gotten to Cal Kestis. He's right behind Maul. I love Cal Kestis. And uh, just the game is so good. It's so good. It is by far the best Star Wars game. Now, I've never, I've never played the Old Republic games <clears throat> but um but and it, it's just because the gameplay is really wonky i just i don't find it enjoyable now if they remaster it and they can find a way to kind of work that kind of rpg gameplay into an a newer old republic game that's been remastered so i can experience that story because i've heard from time and time again of all my friends who played those games. The old public storyline is fantastic. It's, yeah. It's, it's great. And and I've never experienced it before. So I do kind of feel like I'm missing out on some stuff, but I, I just don't enjoy the gameplay, and it's not a fun experience, and I want to be able to enjoy it. So I will wait for the remaster because I don't think it's very it's very far away. And, uh, yeah, Rogue One's the best, the best Disney Star Wars movie for sure. I really enjoyed Solo as well. Um, I do think that it's oddly dark like lighting wise it's composition wise it is a it is a dark film like the the cantina sequence with the yeah you, i like one of the best things about those kind of scenes is seeing all the the weird aliens that are around them you know like in like in most Eisley, mm-hmm. you know you get to see all those weird aliens in a, in a new hope and all that stuff and it's you gotta pause it and then screenshot and turn the brightness all the way up in order to see that kind of stuff that's my only gripe with that movie i do really enjoy it and i do think I do think that's Chewbacca's best movie. If I want to watch mm. a Chewbacca movie, mm-hmm. I will watch Solo because he's really funny, and I like the origin between uh, between Han and Chewie and that, and and Donald Glover is an amazing Lando. And the Kessel sequence is pretty awesome right. yeah. too. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Seeing a uh, seeing a uh, Chewie kind of reunite with a buddy of his, and uh, like being able to free. Because Kessel was a hot spot for Wookiee slavery. We right. saw that in Rebels. Mm-hmm. Uh, so being someone who watched Rebels before Solo, I, I immediately made that connection, and nice I felt nod. that. Yeah. I felt that. So, yeah, Solo, Solo's great. As far as the sequel trilogy is concerned, like we've, we've, I feel like at this point we've kind of talked enough about it so we don't have to go into it any further. But I do kind of want to talk a little bit about The Last Jedi and kind of where I stand. Um, like all like all of the sequel trilogy, there's things about it that I, I really like and things about it that I really don't like at all. Um, and I think a lot of the reason why the sequel trilogy went down the path that it did and was received the way it was had a lot to do with uh, The Last Jedi. Uh, I, as far as 
good things are concerned. I think Kylo Ren is the best part of The Last Jedi. Definitely. I think it's his that is, best that is performance. His, yeah, that is his best movie for sure. I argue that that's Mark Hamill's best performance as, as Luke's... Best, as far as best acting, acting goes, yeah. As far best as acting. acting is concerned, that's his best uh, role. Uh, but as which far... is which is even crazier to me because he didn't want Luke to be like that. <laughs> like so what that a just, testament that to just his... shows how good of an actor he actually is. And and, and it's a testament to his work ethic too. Like, right. You know, he, he, there was never any point watching the Last Jedi where I felt like he was being lazy. Like mm-hmm. he was he was pushing the envelope. And uh, now that said, as far as the story is concerned, I personally was was very let down with how. Luke Skywalker as a character was treated. Uh, I was let down in the way that uh, that Finn was treated, uh, and I was let down in the overall path that that movie took us. It kind of left us with nothing by the end of the movie. Uh, like there's there's no First Order, there's no Resistance, there's there's no, no Jedi, there's no Sith. Like, and that's why I applaud JJ so much because he had to start with that and close the trilogy in a way that majority of people are going to accept. Last Jedi almost felt like the end of the sequel trilogy. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, and so, and I think people, I think if, if you're listening to a Star Wars podcast, I'm sure you've heard enough about, uh, the whole Luke Skywalker fiasco. So I'm not going to dive too much into it, but I do, I do think that, that Luke was very mistreated in that movie, he was not the Luke Skywalker that we grew mm-hmm. up with. Uh, he, Luke Skywalker, has always been that character that inspires hope. And watching the Last Jedi, I did not feel any sense of hope at all. Um, and uh, I, uh, but but uh, but beyond that, I think I think that there were good ideas that were taken down the wrong way. Like the idea of Luke Skywalker in hiding is an is an interesting concept. But the reasoning behind it is weak. Was weak. It's weak. It like, makes no sense. Like for me, seeing Luke Skywalker fighting to his dying breath to redeem his father, you know, like even though he only he's only known that Darth Vader was his father for like what a year leading up to Return of the Jedi. Like he learns an empire. It's a couple years. It's a couple Isn't of years. I want to say it was just a year. Maybe it is just. Yeah, you're right. It is just a year. So he learns that Darth Vader is his father in Empire. Right. And then yeah. a year later, he's and and I'm currently keeping up with the comic books that are that are going on between those two films. You're seeing this progression of Luke accepting that Vader is his father, and then it goes from I hate Darth Vader to I love my father and I want to bring him back to the light. I want to know who Anakin Skywalker is, this person that Kenobi described as a good friend, a great pilot, a great warrior, you know, this good person. I want to bring that person back to the light and I want to get to know him. I want I want to have my father back in my life again. And we're in this we're in this climactic moment that perfectly reflects uh, the scene in Revenge of the Sith where where Anakin has to choose between between Mace Windu and Darth Sidious. He has to choose between the Jedi Order and Padme. And now we we see years later Return of the Jedi and Darth Vader has to choose between his son and Darth Sidious, the Jedi, or himself, and he has to he has to make that sacrifice for his child, redeem himself, and he ultimately saves the galaxy. And that's all because Luke served as the catalyst 
to make that happen. Vader would, Vader is the chosen one, but he could not have brought balance to the force without Luke believing that he could. And, and, and since then Luke has served as that character that brings hope to people who don't have any. Like when I was a kid, I always watched Luke and kind of modeled myself after Luke because I wanted to have that kind of nobility, that kind of, that kind of sense of honor and integrity and, and, and a hopeful view of the world. And so when I go to theaters to watch The Last Jedi, even though there were a lot of things I enjoyed in the moment, I kind of looked back and I'm thinking like, this is not Luke Skywalker. He's describing, he's looking back at the origins of Kylo Ren and he's, he's talking about how his, his nephew is having these dark side dreams that Snoke is planning in his head. And that was enough for Luke to not only sneak into his hut, but turn on his lightsaber and his moments away from striking his nephew down in his sleep the same way that Sidious killed his master in his sleep. And I'm, I'm sitting there in the theaters. My jaw is dropped. I cannot believe what I'm watching. And I, since, since that moment, The Last Jedi has always just left a bad taste in my mouth. Um, and, and, it, and that's why it is at the very bottom of my list because it is not... It is not what Star Wars should be. I think it was very, very brave. It was actually, it was stupid brave for Ryan Johnson to take the risks that he took. There were a lot of moments where he succeeded. Like, I think Kylo Ren is fantastic in that movie. Yeah. He's very strong acting-wise. Adam Driver needs a lot more of attention than he has right now because he's absolutely phenomenal. And I think he is, the, he is the best part of the sequel trilogy. But I think Ryan made the mistake of assuming that he could do certain things with these beloved characters that he really had no right to even touch. Um, but I'm done with my rant. That's how I feel about The Last Jedi. That's kind of how I feel about the sequel trilogy as a whole. So, Ditto. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, we're on the same page with yeah. that. Uh, but you left out a complaint that I have with it and we never got to see the legacy, the legacy characters back together again. Yeah. They were never together like physically mm-hmm. or even spirit not even spiritually yeah. no because han dies in in force awakens and i remember being kind of bummed with that mm-hmm. uh walking out of the force awakens i was like man so han's dead so we're not going to see them i mean i enjoyed watching the phantom menace in theaters or i mean uh force awakens in theaters but i remember kind of thinking that walking out like you know han's Han's never going to get to see Luke again. And, and you know the actors would have loved to be able to get back together. And yeah, because they're all friends outside of Star Wars. Scenes, yeah, and like, you know, I, I felt like, like I, and that's a good point uh, that, you, that you brought it up. Because, like, honestly, I remember leading up to The Force Awakens hitting theaters. And I remember just wondering, just thinking, like, what's this going to be like? It's going to be so cool seeing Han, Luke, Leia, Chewie all together again, blasting some stormtroopers. You know, that, those were the thoughts running through my head. And we didn't get that. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, if you were going to do anything with a sequel trilogy, we were at least going to get that, you know? <laughs> like, I just, I don't like how a lot of the, the Legacy 3, uh, all of the Legacy 3 were, were really sidelined for these newer characters. And I would have been more okay with it if Kylo Ren and maybe Poe Dameron weren't the only interesting characters in the sequel trilogy. Mm-hmm. If, like, if you're going to, if you're, okay fine you're gonna kind of sideline the original three for for these newer characters that's okay but you need to make them good you can't 
Yeah. You know, we're not going to be interested in Ray if she never does anything wrong. And, you know, that's just... Yeah, the thing that... Another thing that Star Wars really changed as far as, like, cinema is concerned is because Star Wars really is that first movie that proved that lead female characters work. Yeah. That... Leia. You know, like, Leia is the leader of the group in the original trilogy. She is. And... She is a beloved character by everyone, boys and girls, men and women. Not just the men, but the women and the children too. <laughs> and and she and 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 they love her because she has those anger issues. She 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 can negotiate just as well as she can aggressively negotiate, mm. you know. And 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 she's a character that makes mistakes, but she's also a character that that does the right thing and that is always wanting to do the right thing at the end of the day. And and we love her for it. And she's just well thought out. She has layers. There are there she like there are layers to this character that we get to know, not just in the movies, but in the in the shows and the comic books and the books. Like there are things that we continue to learn about her that we didn't know before. And with Ray, I knew her after, just after watching the first movie. Yeah, we all you didn't, you didn't know it at the time. You didn't know it at the but time, but you knew her. <laughs> To the extent of you're ever going to know she her. was a one-layered character yeah. which works very rarely like there's very few characters that just work with one layer they need to be like onions yes they need to be like onions they need to make you cry like like <laughs> no i mean layers ah yeah. shrek oh, okay. <laughs> i'm a donkey shrek <laughs> <laughs> no but like like uh oh what was i saying um one layered characters. One la- one layered characters. Onions. Ray Ray is a one layered character. The characters who are one layered in in just pop culture pop, uh, pop culture as a whole. There's only there's there's only a few one layered characters that I can think of where it actually worked. Superman is a big one. Uh, he's he's very one layered, very one layered, and Joker specifically in The Dark Knight. He mm. is he is about as one layered as you can get, and he is absolutely phenomenal. Uh, but what you notice is that, is that people can't relate to either of those characters. You cannot relate to an alien who crash lands on a planet, lives with two old people that aren't related to him at all and has godlike powers. No one can relate to that. No one can relate to a psychopath who paints his face, makes him look like a clown and basically wreaks havoc. Nobody can relate to that. So if you're going to have a one-layer character, they need to be somebody who we can intentionally display as people you can't relate to. If you're going to make a, a main character of a Star Wars trilogy, they need to be very layered. Like, we need to be so invested in this person that every episode we learn something new about them, that, we, that they grow with us as we continue to learn about these characters. And, and like I said, I knew Ray, like I didn't know it, but I knew Ray right out of the first movie. I knew who she was. I knew everything about her Yep. because she didn't make mistakes. She was perfect up until Rise of Skywalker, which I was, I was, I was, I was proud of the effort. I won't say successes, but the effort that they put into making Ray a more layered character. Um, one of my biggest things with Ray is, uh. They set her up to fail because 
her whole entire character arc out of The Force Awakens was, who is this girl? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. you're trying to figure out who she is until halfway through The Last Jedi, and that, that sets Rey up to fail, because that means that, ultimately, the fans that have been waiting the two years, you know, because Rogue One was in between, for The Last Jedi, the next one to come out to find out who Rey is, there are going to be people that are going to be disappointed, because they're going to be thinking it's Obi-Wan, or Han, or whoever the other rumors were, they're going to be disappointed because it's not who they thought it was or wanted it to be. And when you make people wait for five years to figure out who Ray is, at that point, there's going to be so many theories out there that they're going to figure it out. Right. Or even Snoke. People <laughs> thought Mace Windu was Snoke. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, yeah, that was that was one of my things with it. And, and especially with that interview that came out uh, with Daisy Ridley like a couple months ago. Like it was after the rise of Skywalker that we found out about this, but that that uh, they didn't know who it was gonna be. They were in the middle of producing the rise of Scott. Like they had the script written. They had like they were even in the process of shooting some scenes, and they still didn't know. They they came up with a decision and then they changed their minds. They did that like twice. Yeah. Before finally landing on Sidious. Like we didn't see that coming, you know, and 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 uh, yeah. So there's, there. I think I think Ray, I think Ray, could have been a great character, and I still think that she could be a great character in the future. Right. I but, agree, I agree with you there. I would love to see an older Ray, an yes. older Ray with like, I don't know, maybe maybe she's got her own her Jedi Order thing going on. And I, would, I think that would be super interesting because it would give Rey as a character another shot. And I'm totally down for that. Mm-hmm. I want to like Rey, mm-hmm. but she's not interesting to me. Yeah. And, and I think with an older Rey, that'd be super interesting, you know, getting to see how she deals with everything that's, that's happened in her past, kind of similar to, to Luke, and see how she turns out. And, then, and I remember us talking about this one day, but I, I would love it if they treated Ray like if we ever were to see her again. I would love it if they kind of, uh, kind of went meta with the way her character is structured in the future. Like looking back at the sequel trilogy, she is a perfect character. Everything seems to come easy for her. She she wins the whole thing and and uh, and you know she's she's you know the last Jedi. She manages to do all these things and and she's just kind of this perfect character. That does something for that person in the future. Like people are always going to remember Rey as being the savior of the galaxy. That's a lot of pressure as a as a person, you know, like having to live up to that name that's surrounding you. And so I would love it if if she had a story later down the road where there's this new threat and now there's all this pressure on Rey to be that perfect character that she was in the sequel trilogy, and she can't. Like, maybe she, as much as she wants to be the savior again, she doesn't have what it takes. Maybe she's too weak. Maybe she's lost something. And maybe she really delves deep into this dark hole, and, and she has to redeem herself. And that's her entire arc in whatever next project she's involved in. You know, if they actually work off of the hate she received in the sequel trilogy, that could turn a lot of heads and could change a lot of people's minds on how they perceive Rey, as if that was part of the part of her arc the whole time. Right. I'm totally down to see that. Let's do it. But uh, but yeah, I think that wraps up our uh, our first episode right there. Yeah. So hope we hope we uh, hope to have you guys visit us again. 
Uh, again, I want to reiterate that, you know, even though we have our opinions about certain things about Star Wars, some things we love, some things we hate, we want to we wanna know what you guys think. Uh, we accept fans of all kinds. Uh, there's no hate here. Uh, yeah. we, we love all things Star Wars. Thanks for listening. Catch you next time. We have spoken. Yes, indeed. Ackley Roar. <laughs> <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.